This is the Immigration Conversation presented by Fragman, a series of talks and discussions by leading immigration lawyers and professionals from around the world. We'll bring you the most up-to-date business immigration news, issues of concern, and strategies in the world of global immigration and mobility. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our latest Immigration Conversation. This time, we are going to look into fast-moving developments out of a hotspot country in our region, and that, of course, is Vietnam. My name is Ramona Pereira, and I'm a senior manager with Fragments Asia-Pacific Coordination Center, uh, which, of course, covers Vietnam, one of the several countries that our team manages in the region. Now, just over the last year, and definitely since Vietnam reopened its borders after COVID in early 2022, we've seen tremendous volatility in the immigration and work permit system. It's also been seemingly contradictory, as on the one hand, you have a political class seeking increased foreign investment, but on the other hand, you have a government bureaucracy that has been become more and more protectionist. Today, I'm joined by my colleagues, Kenneth Lau, partner overseeing the region, uh, David Harvey, team lead for Vietnam, and Sherwin Gunn, business immigration consultant for Vietnam. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Hi, everyone, and thanks for the introduction, Ramona. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. Okay, so let's get right into it. As the news is changing daily, let's talk about something that we've been eagerly anticipating and also the subject of our latest client alert, which is the release of the proposed amendment to Labor Decree 152. Kenny, would you like to share a little background on what led to this moment? Sure, thanks, Ramona. And where to start? Um, I guess I should start off by saying that in my 12 years of looking after Vietnam via our coordination center, I haven't seen such a protectionist environment as we've seen since the introduction of Decree 152 uh, back in February of 2021. So if you're doing your math, that was actually back in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, which also brought its own issues uh, on the immigration side of things. Uh, so I won't belabor the origins of Decree 152, but suffice it to say that it really represented a complete 180 when it came, came to the authorities' uh, approach to foreign talent. Um, in the past, the Vietnamese work permit system was characterized as relatively welcoming of foreign talent. But with Decree 152, all of that really went out the window. Uh, more so than what was in the actual text of the new decree, or Decree 152, what it fundamentally represented uh, was a change in mindset uh, within the Ministry of Labor, or MOLISA, and their local departments of labor, or DOLISAs, uh, to really restrict the work permits that they were, to that point at least, uh, quite liberally approving. Uh, then in the context of COVID-19, when the government wasn't really letting in uh, many foreign nationals anyway, the process to get foreign talent into the country really became quite nightmarish. Uh, there was then a bit of a reprieve uh, during the pandemic with the introduction of Resolution 105, uh, and that's when the government mandated the relaxation of Decree 152's most onerous uh, restrictions and requirements. But it wasn't, again, so much a shift in mindset at that stage, but more of a pause. Um, and all of that reverted back almost immediately after the country emerged from the pandemic and reopened its borders in the first quarter of 2022. Um, since then, the various individuals, DOLISAs, started to tighten up their policies yet again, making the work permit process that much stricter and that much more difficult. Uh, we started to see some, in our view, uh, arbitrary decisions made on seemingly spurious bases, uh, an increase in rejections, and also discretionary requests for documents that were not previously required. 
So, of course, we and our co-counsel in Vietnam have been quite busy as well since that time, uh, working through various channels uh, to try to get our and our clients' feedback through to Molisa and to the powers that be. And through those channels and the various chambers of commerce, for example, we came to know that Molisa was actually planning to amend Decree 152 uh, this year, but the original target date to do so was either October or November of this year. So having the alert, um, the amendment come out now, it really feels quite aggressive. Um, so while it's great that they've released the draft of the um, amendment earlier than expected, uh, they've now only given to the end of this week uh, for further comments or feedback. Uh, the good news is that since we have already been preparing for this draft amendment to be released for a while now, and since we've already previously gathered feedback across our client base, uh, we feel that we are in a good position to again provide further recommendations to Molisa. And of course, this would be done in conjunction with the various industry groups and the chambers as well. Thank you, Kenny. Now, David, uh, would you like to get into some of the overall themes that we've observed in the draft? Sure, Ramona. And thanks for catching everyone up to speed, Kenny. So first of all, we have reviewed the draft and it looks like we'll be getting an amendment to the current decree instead of having a completely new decree, which was previously anticipated. There is a lot that we can infer from the sheer speed in which they're pushing out this new amendment, which is likely that they have heard the outcry from the business community. So overall, there are some positive changes in the proposed amendment, but there are also some not so positive ones, or at best things that have been left unaddressed. As one red flag, we should also note that there is still ambiguity in some of the changes and the amendment fundamentally doesn't remove the discretion that the individual deleases and officers still wield, which has actually been the main source of confusion with the exist existing decree. Secondly, there does appear to be at least some efforts at reforming the job position approval or JPA process including defining uh, the period within which the application should be filed, as well as defining the validity period of the JPA approvals. One major change, uh, which does sound a bit technical, is that the Melissa is seemingly, um, has seemingly confirmed that Form 1 should be used for new work permit applications and not Form 2, which is a more complicated application form requiring more details, which many of the local deleases have already been imposing. One of the main trends that we have seen uh, with this proposal is that the Melissa is really pushing to memorialize some of the existing processes, uh, practices that we've seen um, that have already been creeped into the work permit process since Decree 152's introduction. This is not necessarily a bad thing as the individual deleases have already been unofficially imposing some of these requirements. So perhaps this is at least uh, a move towards more transparency. And finally, in some of the implementing measures, it does seem that Melissa may be trying to, uh, you know, pushing towards centralizing some more of the processes under it, rather than delegating so much to the local deleases. What that eventual role will be is really tough to tell. Thanks, David. Now, maybe we can get into some of the specifics in the proposed amendment. Uh, Sherwin, can you walk us through some of the changes, maybe focusing more on the major ones and the ones that will be of interest to our clients? Thanks, Ramona. Now, we can't get through all of them, but just to highlight a few key changes. First things first, I would note that one of the major challenges currently is that the Dolisas have been interpreting Decree 152 to strictly require that the applicant's educational degree major exactly match their proposed job title in Vietnam. 
if in their view there is not an exact match then they will reject the application on this point while we see some rewording of the definition of experts and technical workers where it could potentially be interpreted that the decree no longer needs to be relevant to the proposed job title and only the previous work experience needs to this is still very unclear and could be interpreted the same as it is now so that is one area where we would like to see more clarity secondly touching on some of the teams david's already mentioned the proposed amendment seems to memorialize some existing practices around the jpa applications in this case, the amendment seems to codify the requirement of a job posting requirement. Now, this is something that we've seen imposed by the authorities in Ho Chi Minh City, for example. And of course, labor market testing is not uncommon in other countries. So we can't say that this came as a particular surprise. Other than potentially requiring this to be posted in at least two job sites, how this will be implemented nationwide remains to be seen. The draft also introduces a use-by limit of 180 days for job position approvals, which is actually a positive development since the Molisa officers have been imposing a 90-day limit for job position approvals. Finally, some of the other potential positives from the amendment include some updates to the documentary requirements, and some of these seems to stem from Resolution 105 that Kenny mentioned earlier. For one, certificates of completion or graduation may once again be acceptable. Also, previously issued Vietnamese work permits or work permit exemption certificates can be used as proof of work experience. This would be such a welcome reversal, especially for those changing employers or those who have worked in Vietnam for a very long time. The main issue now is the extent to which these proposed changes will really make a difference and how widely they will be interpreted. There's also some red flags in the current proposal with respect to document requirements for the manager category. So we would like to see some further clarity there as well. That's right, Sherwin. So <clears throat> the proof is in the pudding and this is not even the final amendment yet. Um, Ramona, I know you're the one moderating this session, but maybe I can actually turn it back to you and ask what are your main takeaways from this proposed amendment? Sure, Kenny. While the proposed amendment doesn't represent our entire wish list of goals, uh, at least there has been some progress. I think it probably shows just how protection is Decree 152 really was. Uh, as David alluded to, the Molisa has recognized that some of the current standards have not been transparent and have been incons inconsistently applied. So at least they are now bringing back some consistency and that should allow the businesses to plan better at the very least. I would note that given that this is being rolled out as an amendment rather than a new decree, our sense is that the authorities are now looking to make any radical changes to the uh, current labor decree. Uh, as what David mentioned at the start, the core of decree 152 remains with a few tweaks here and there on some of the issues that have generated the most controversy from the business community. Overall, some of these changes we've talked about probably don't come as a surprise uh, and are consistent with what we've seen on the ground. So the final amendment could end up being very similar to what is in the current draft, or it could be very different. And I think the uncertainty is what makes us the most nervous. I would also hope that the final draft would have less room for ambiguity, but that remains to be seen as well. As you guys have mentioned, there is still a lot of room for discretion by the individual dolisas as well as the individual officers. And this draft amendment doesn't take much, if any, of that discretion away. 
Therefore, I'm probably reserving judgment until the final amendment comes out. Uh, but I do anticipate that government advocacy efforts probably need to continue. Uh, at the least, the government appears to open, be open to dialogue. Thanks, Ramona. Yes, um, after months of advocacy work, at least this draft does show that the feedback is being heard and recognized, if not fully addressed. Once again, thanks everyone for sharing your views with us today. Uh, it will be interesting to see what comes out of the next few days of the comment period and how this could impact the final direction of the amendment. And as always, we will continue to work closely with our co-counsel in Vietnam to advocate where we can. Before we end, if you aren't already, you can subscribe to Fragment's client alerts to make sure you are notified with any new developments in Vietnam. Again, I would encourage all of our listeners to review our recently released client alert on the draft amendment, uh, which, which includes much more detail than we were able to get into today. Now, that's all the time we have for today, and we look forward to seeing the final draft of the new Labour Decree. The Immigration Conversation podcast is presented by Fragment, the leading firm dedicated exclusively to immigration services worldwide. This episode is current as of the date of recording. With frequent changes in global immigration, be sure to keep up to date by visiting our website at www.fragamin.com and subscribing to the Immigration Conversation on your favorite podcast service to hear the latest episode. This podcast is for informational purposes only. This podcast does not constitute legal advice or give rise to an attorney-client relationship between any listener and our firm. If you have any questions, please contact the Global Immigration Professional with whom you work at Fragamin.